back to back to back. A month straight, coming back every single week, bringing football talk. We got two guests with us this week. Who is joining us for the From the Stands podcast this week? We're well, back, baby. We, we, I got to say, I got to say, you know what? I've been fired up about this one for a little while. We got RJ and TJ back in the building. What's up? What's up, fellas? Thanks for coming back. What's up, oh, man? This is, our, this is our favorite one of the years to do every time. Well, make sure you check out RJ and TJ on the Blue Bag Fantasy Football Podcast. They are putting out content every single week telling you who to pick up, who to drop. And trust me, boys, we are going to get to Fantasy Talk. We need your help. We need your help. But before we do, the biggest story of the day. We got to hit it right off the top. Ian, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you want to drop the news? Biggest news of the day. I don't What's know. the biggest what news of the it? day? NFL oh, Super Bowl yeah. halftime is oh. going to be Dr. Epic. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, uh, Kendrick. I'm missing one. Snoop. Miss- Snoop. Snoop. I am f- I'm fired up. Snoop always gets in there somehow every single time. <laughs> Snoop's never going to be unemployed. That's what you got to know. He, Snoop is never going to be unemployed. He's getting he's getting it from all avenues. If you can hitch a wagon to Martha Stewart, you're going to be just fine. Just the, if you can just you, do that. You are right. <laughs> I forgot all about that TV show. I did. Well, now Martha Stewart has her own line of CBD, uh, uh, CBD edibles and everything like that. And he's a part of it. It's incredible. It's amazing. But that Martha Stewart is a real felon. <laughs> That's Martha right. Stewart did. Martha Stewart is a federal felon, dog. <laughs> That's insane. Well, let's not go down that path, but we will go down to the fantasy football path. And we we wanted to talk to you guys about a few different things. The first thing that we're going to start off is it's really early. We're only three weeks in. But RJ, I'm going to start with you. All right. Who's your biggest surprise of the fantasy football season so far? Biggest surprise, and it's not. This is kind of a cop-out, but it needs to be discussed. Cooper Cup probably being the WR1 by the end of this season is – I knew he was going to have a good season, but what he's doing so far and knowing that he's Matt Stafford's favorite target and for whatever said reason, the defense is just – can't stop it is kind of absurd. Definitely absurd. And like flat-out wide receiver one. And that kind of leads into mine which is Mike Williams at wide receiver two. The, the guy who has all the tools in the world yeah, has had it forever. Lance the Mike Lynn, Williams all of a sudden problem, The Mike Williams <laughs> problem, it, it, Anthony Lynn, but the Mike Sorry. Williams problem was Sorry. never a Mike Williams problem. It was a, can we give this man a real route tree problem? Can we give yeah. him a coach? Can we give him a coach yeah. who knows what they're doing problem? This was never a Mike Williams problem. Mike Williams has always had this in him. Oh, I adore Mike Williams. I'm thrilled for him. <laughs> Shout out. I, I didn't, wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you a Mike Williams truther, Ian? Are you, All, I, from I know the a beginning. guy like that, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Ian dropped him in Dynasty. He's been on the Mike Williams Traded up to get him in Dynasty. Since the start. <laughs> wow. Hold on, okay, hold on. We're a quick pause on Mike Williams. We watched this guy dominate, absolutely dominate, while injured, the best defense in college football That's on the right. biggest stage. On the biggest stage, Mike Williams has always been that dude. He just needed the chance. And it certainly helps that Justin Herbert is a flat-out baller. It definitely helps. You know helps. what's funny is that, like, honestly, it, so this past offseason, as you guys already probably knew, we literally 
broke down and went and watched film on every single rookie. I bet you if we went back and watched Mike Williams, like game to game highlights, it probably looks absurd. Yeah, it probably do. And the, and the game film never lies. I mean, that's really all I've learned this year with the rookies is if you look at the actual game film and not like the edited, you know, pro pro draft highlights. Oh, the you the YouTube watch, compilation like, is what you're saying? Yeah. So if you, you just go and watch the actual route trees, like every single route run, if they beat them in, even if the ball's not being thrown to them, I bet you Mike Williams has an absurd highlight film. So, TJ, let's get to your biggest surprise early on in this fantasy football season. Who are you taking? Um, mine, mine is one that I, is my guy. Uh, RJ knows it's my guy, the Georgia running back, uh, DeAndre Swift, because I thought he'd have a big season, but not like RB three overall season. He's crushing it right now. He's and, killing it right now. And that's with Jamal Williams also killing it. It's not even yeah, like it's crushing a huge, it though. Jamal's right. top twenty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jamal's an RB2 and Swift is RB3 overall in PPR. Go ahead, Ian. It, it's insane. Give your DeAndre Swift. You have, you have 30 seconds on DeAndre Did, Swift. Hold on. Can I just say, in the Mike Williams draft, oh it went Mike Williams, Christian McCaffrey, John Ross, <laughs> Pat Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson. How the fuck did the Bengals see those six <laughs> players? I'm going to name again. Mike Williams, Chris McCaffrey, John Ross, Pat Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson. How they looked at the group of those six players were like, you got to have John Ross. <laughs> you want to know why <laughs> you're useless forever? It's shit like that. Well, now they have Jamar I mean, Chase. that's like how the Raiders did. They looked at yep. CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and took Henry Ruggs. But at least I'm seeing something from Ruggs. Ruggs is on, yeah. Ross is on a practice squad somewhere. You know what I mean? But completely agree. By the way, Sean, you just mentioned my biggest surprise. It's got to be Jamar Chase. Like, I understand, you know, maybe the best receiving prospect we've seen since Mike Williams. No, I'm playing. I, probably since, God, I, I honestly can't even think. Right? Maybe Sammy Watkins. So, yeah. you know, maybe even before mm-hmm. Sammy. Julio. You know, maybe. Amari, Co- Amari Cooper's up there. Cooper, yeah, he's Cooper's definitely there up there. For sure. And I think Cooper was after Watkins. But, you know, so, so you're right. I think it's probably Cooper. You know, Chase had all these expectations, didn't play a full season, and is coming out here, which, by the way, with Burrow, with suboptimal quarterback play, I don't think he's been terrible, but I don't think he's been Joe Burrow either. Yeah. What we're seeing is bananas. He is dominating people, and he's, what, 20? You know, 22, however old he is. It's bananas what he's doing. What we see with receivers – unless you are the upper, upper echelon, the Randy Moss types, unless you are at that level, it takes time. It takes a year, right? I mean, what, first of all, LSU churning out Jefferson and Jamar Chase in back-to-back drafts. Are you kidding me? This is bananas. Terrence Marshall, don't forget that either. Terrence Terrence Marshall. Marshall. Terrence Marshall's going to be good too. Mm -hmm. You know what's crazy about the, yeah, you know what's crazy about the Jamar Chase, which like me and TJ are very high on Jamar Chase. I mean, we started calling this man Uno Shiesty, like Pooh Shiesty, except number one Shiesty. But when you looked at his college film, the one thing that was concerning was like he was kind of playing like he knew he was that good because he didn't really beat people off the line, honestly. Like Jadavion I mean, Clowney did. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Like ever. ever. And then ever. <laughs> since he gets, gets to the league, he's beating everybody off the line. And even, even preseason and training camp, they were like, Jamar Chase is having separation issues. First game out, 
he's burning people off the line. He's like, I was saving it all. I and I loved, it. I loved that he came out and put his hand up in preseason. Was like, I wasn't prepared for this. I, yeah. I, I, I need some time to get up to speed with this. You don't see a lot of that. You see like you know a lot of people shrugging their shoulders and saying it'll come. It'll come. But he was just like flat out like I, I needed. I've been off for a year. I needed to see this. Yeah. So I love that. I, I Jamar Chase again. I had to, we did our dynasty pool this year. I had Devonta Smith number one on my board. You, you can't watch tape of that guy and go, you know what? You know what? He's not is uh, a stud. Now last he's two weeks always open. Last two weeks have been, you know, but, kind of but humbling. Smith, but that goes back to your point. Yeah. Devonta Smith is a classic example of a guy who's going to need time. Right, 166 yes. pounds. That is a guy who's going to need time. The Absolutely. the chase thing that's bananas like Randy Moss was. Randy Moss came in and was a grown-ass man. Jamar Chase is coming in as a grown-ass man. It's like, that's the group. That's what we're talking about. It's banana start from Jamar Chase. I mean, it's closest comparable player on player profile is Odell Beckham, which makes a ton of sense Ooh, now. that's a good one. That's a good one. Another now that we yeah. see it. Yeah. By the that's way, a sh- good one. Shout out Dalton Schultz. Making Blake Jarwin look like look like a child. Dalton Schultz, <laughs> fucking love him. I love him. Ian, yeah, Dak what has we... a tendency to do that. All right, so cool let, let, let's let's get into the second segment. So we talked, we went positive, which I like. You know, got everyone feeling good. Talk about the players they like the most this year. Let's play some panic button. So what what we're gonna do is I'm gonna name you. I'm gonna name you some players, and I want you to tell me on a scale of one to ten where you are on the panic side. 10 being one being you're cool, you're you're keeping your everything's good. 10 2, you were smashing the panic button, you are freaking out. You ready? Yeah. Everyone, everyone got it? All right, first one. So RJ, I want you to go first. AJ Brown on a, on the panic meter. Where are you from one to ten? First of all, fuck AJ Brown and panic is 10. <laughs> Y'all need to realize like this past weekend, I didn't even watch football because I'm first of all, <laughs> I'm struggling because the Houston Texans was watching football in general. But second, I was doing some game coverage and I'm just watching my phone and getting updates from my little group thread. And it's just like AJ Brown's out of the game. I then rush over to my Yahoo League. He's got 0.3 points for me. I'm sitting there like breathing heavily. And the reason I have a problem with AJ Brown is I don't think he's going to have an issue like getting you some fantasy points moving forward. But where the fuck we drafted him in the second round, like that ruins your entire team. This man is literally, I'm 0-3 in the league. I have him. You want to know why? Because I have him. I have Calvin Ridley. And then I've got Dalvin Cook in that league who's just like, I'm not going to play last week. Well, you didn't. First of all, if you draft Cook, you have to get Madison. Right? Either way, you got an RB1, right? Always. True. With Dalvin Cook, I mean, that is notorious. That's the only one. History for the last three years. You ended up with Dalvin Cook, Calvin Ridley, and AJ Brown. Are you in a league with, are you in a league with four people? (laughs) No, it is literally a league with 12 people. And that's the part that, like, that's the compounding factor to this all. Like, it's, it's a soft ass league, and I'm 0 3 looking like a fucking scrub. Because I'll read, I'll read you my team. Like it's, it's not some scrub team. It's, it's a very good team. Dak is my quarterback. We will get to Dak, I'm sure, at some point. Calvin Ridley, Odell Beckham, Kenyon Drake, Dalvin Cook, Dallas Godart, whatever. AJ Brown, Rondell Moore, Michael Pittman, Damian Harris, Chase Claypool. 
I've got Bateman on IR and I've even got Will Fuller for shits and giggles. Like this isn't just some like shit team. But I'm, I'm also zero and three with Calvin Ridley, so I, I, I feel you. We're so, we're gonna get we're gonna get there. We're gonna yeah, get we're there. there for yeah. right for now. 10. For right now. So so you so for what you're what you're telling me, RJ, is that if you're a if you're an AJ Brown owner, right, you don't think there's any chance of a turnaround in 2021. I think he turns around, but not for the scale of a second round draft pick. To put in perspective, I am now trying to trade him to three separate people in this league. Well, and the fact that he's week to week now does not help yes. anything. I don't like so. that. So usually, I mean, and me and TJ talked about this. So usually A.J. Brown is a guy who's always hurt, without a doubt, always hurt. But the thing about him is that he would still somehow come out and play every single week and still break off like a 60-yard touchdown. Looking back in hindsight, that's terrible. That's terrible reasoning as to why the fuck that I just means he's hurt though <laughs> yeah, that just means just he's hurt. always hurt though <laughs> at some point the injury bug like keeps you out of games yeah and ruins fantasy the one thing i'll say and then i'm going to get to the next one for for tj here but the the one thing i will say about brown right is that he's going to be a thousand yard receiver in his sleep like it's going to happen yeah. You know, it, it just means if you can hold on, maybe it comes later. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you can tell with with AJ, it's the same thing you get with Julio lately, where it's like it's always the soft tissue stuff. It's always the soft tissue stuff, you know, and it's it's not long enough that, you know, you can even IR him. It's like, OK, well, it's soft tissue. Let's see where he's week to week. We'll see where he's yeah. at. So uh, I, I, I I'm in agreement, uh, you know, as a brown owner myself, um, I, I'm I maybe not as high as you are, but I'm a bit frazzled for sure. Yeah. So. He has TJ. to be. At, he has to be at least a seven, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm, he's, at, a five, I'm he, at a five or a six. Because yeah. he's week to week, he has to be at least a seven. It's all about games and touches. So TJ, here's the next one. Allen Robinson, panic meter one to ten, like a seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucked, man. He's not and, like I think. I think total Allen Robinson through three weeks has like sixty-five yards, and I'm not exaggerating. I think it's like legit, like sixty-five yards. I only have him on one team on redraft, thank God. But I don't really see the path to where one a lot of targets are going to come, and two those targets become good targets that score you fantasy points because. I mean, if, unless Nagy gets fired and laser calls play like, at the end of the last year, that's the key. I don't think I don't think Nagy can run an offense in which Allen Robinson gets back to scoring fantasy points. Because I'm a huge Justin Fields guy, but I mean, he threw for one net passing yard last week. That that's not going to get it at all. He threw for 68 total yards. And one net yard like that offense was that was one of the no, worst offenses That's scheme. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that oh. I don't. I I would move Allen Robinson if I could, but at this point, you kind of just got to ride it out. I feel like because I'm not trading Allen Robinson for like I don't know, like Rondell Moore or something. Like, what are you getting for him in redraft right now? I think I think the biggest problem with Robinson, and I'm with you. I don't like an eight. You know, I, I think. The, the difference is with Robinson is that we've seen him before do this thing where he plays with an absolute dog shit quarterback and finds a way to continue to produce. Typically Robinson's been quarterback proof, but I think the difference is when he played with Blake Bortles, it was like, Hey man, I'm going to chuck it as far as I can. And you're just going to go get it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that's sort yeah. of the difference. 
You know, this is the one that jumped out to me. And maybe this is what you're talking about. Since 2018, Allen Robinson has averaged over nine yards before catch per reception. This year, it's less than five. So what we've done is we've turned one of the best one-on-one receivers literally of the last two decades. That, that's how good Allen Robinson is in terms of contested catches, not dropping the football, things like that. One of the all-timers at that over the past two decades. We turned that person to JD, JD McKissick. And that's just, that is, and, and I don't know if you guys saw uh, Dan Orlovsky blow up Matt Nagy on Monday, but that's coaching malpractice. If yeah. Ryan Pace had been waiting in, in the locker room to fire Nagy after the game. No, no last year. Last year. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is to bring back to my Toronto Maple Leafs. This is like keeping Mac, Mike Babcock in, in the rotation six months too long. You knew he needed to go. You're keeping him around for God knows what reason. And now you're paying the price. And you could potentially be destroying your best asset, which yep. not ideal. Ian, who's next? I don't so, think, okay. I don't think no, Allen go, go Robinson ahead. got a target over 10 yards in the Rams game. That was his quote-unquote best game. I don't yeah, think no, he it, had a target over 10 yards at all. The route trees for him are Last thing I'm going to say, and then we can move on. I, I said this – the. It was the first podcast that me and TJ did when we got back from Tulum after the NFL draft. I said, I didn't like Justin Fields going to the Bears for the simple fact that Matt Nagy was the goddamn coach and he was going to ruin Justin Fields' rookie season. We can Absolutely. On. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's yeah, not we like, can move on. It's not like the, like the Bears have so, a no, history of turning out quarterbacks. Right? We need to move on it makes me sad because Justin Fields' ball placement with Allen Robinson's skill set should be magic. It should Period. be magic. There's literally not a more perfect quarterback wide receiver uh, tandem, you'd think, in terms of meshing skills. They're perfect for each other, particularly Justin Fields' deep ball is absurd. It's bananas how accurate that thing is. So let's go to the next one. Next one is I don't want to interrupt you, Ian. Go, go, but go. If you have if you have chart broken ankle. Breaking news on the From the Stands podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can, and, you can Chef, go on. and Rappaport just reported that he was questionable return. What are they doing? Stapling no. that thing back on? What are we doing? <laughs> no. All right. So so next one. So this is a guy we, we've talked about. And I think that I came on the podcast preseason and said this was my pick to be the wide receiver one of the entire year. And that is Calvin Ridley. So, boys, tell me. RJ, you go first. Where are you with Calvin Ridley? You know what's crazy about this Calvin Ridley bullshit is I didn't like him pre like preseason. I didn't because yes. I don't like Matt Ryan. I hate mm-hmm. Matt Ryan. Yes. I think there's like, you know, you look at Julio the last couple of years and he had those like quiet seasons where he had some good games, but just like complete dead games in between. That's what Calvin really like. Calvin really had value when he's a third round, fourth round wide receiver. Now that he was beginning of the second round wide out, sitting in that area where like DeAndre Hopkins and people like that sit, I had concerns. Now, granted, because I'm in 13 leagues, I was like, I need to diversify my bonds. And I got Calvin Ridley in the league. And sure enough, it's the only league I'm 0 3 in. Shout out Calvin Ridley. And so I'm panic button wise. The, th- the difference between him and A.J. Brown is I'm not going to say I'm, like, panicking all the way to 10 because Calvin's going to give me, like, 15 points a game just because, like, 
that's what it is. There's a floor there, but there's no ceiling whatsoever. Like the Falcons are so bad. There is no ceiling there at all because Matt Ryan sucks. They're a big old sign across the board. I knew better. I knew better. That's that's that we know better than that, RJ. You know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. I still took him. You, like, we, yeah, you we know better than that. Like that paint by numbers, like, oh, number one left. The good number two becomes the number one. Just like Juju. 140, 140 targets. WR1, like that doesn't work, man. Bullshit. Just like Juju last year. You didn't work. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> well, so here's like that I, happens every time. I would I would say I don't as as mad as I listen, I do a redraft league every year with my work. And I like to involve my brother. We're talking through the entire process. And D-Hop is on the board and Ridley's on the board. And Ian is screaming at me to take Ridley. And I took Hopkins because I liked Hopkins upside with Kyler because yeah. the Matt Ryan thing scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Now, to say, to be fair, to say Calvin Ridley and Juju Smith-Schuster in the same sentence feels downright, you know, that, that's malpractice. Like, I, like I, again, if we're talking about blocking, yes, you can you can say that Juju, had, you know, in the same sentence as Calvin Ridley. Yeah. But if we're talking about just overall wide receiver, and he was wide receiver one for that team last year. It's just, it's not like Matt Ryan's getting better. And no, Julio no. is someone that draws people away. So, Ian, defend your Calvin Ridley play. Well, here, here's what I'll say about Ridley in general, for those that are panicking right now. The only reason Calvin Ridley is hurting you is because he's not scoring touchdowns, right? The difference is, is that in years previous, we're talking eight, nine, 10 touchdowns, those type of seasons. Obviously, we haven't seen that yet for a variety of reasons. The offensive line is balls, Matt Ryan is balls, you know, that, that's all hurting them. But when you're talking about yards, like other than his 13 yard, 1300 yard outburst, we are talking about a guy who hovers in the eight, nine or 900 yard area. He's getting you that. So as RJ mentioned, the floor is there. I, I just don't know that I'm panicked yet. It's a new coach with a new system with Kyle Pitts is in the mix, new running back. It's just all very new. I'm probably about midway through here, but yeah, I mean, I get the whole, like, you know, Julio moves on. We all trust it. We shouldn't have, but I think Ridley's on a, in a, in a different group than some of those other number twos that we've talked about a la Juju. Yeah. I think the touchdowns are going to come because that Atlanta offense is going to score eventually. And it has to be Ridley. There's just no other choice. So I, I got a good one for you, TJ. This one I literally okay. picked out just for you. Panic meter, one to 10. Kenny Galladay. Mm. Um, okay. Like, to be frank, I have zero Galladay in redraft. I don't know if I'm panicked at all because I, I faded Galladay super hard this year. Um, but I think where is he going ADP wise? Probably like fifth. Imagine he, he's what he's he's a wide receiver three in most respects. Yeah. So that, I mean, to, as a wide receiver three, I mean, I wouldn't be panicked. I said like a three or four because I mean, he scores a touchdown, gets you 70, 75 yards. I mean, like you're cool with that, right? Like five balls, 75 yards in the TD. Where is he like doing that. that in Detroit? He called out I his mean, quarterback <laughs> in preseason. I mean, seventy-five yards in a play. I'm be, sure Galladay owners would. What do we need to Galladay? We got to point out about Galladay though. In 2019, he scored 11 touchdowns with Matt Stafford. The rest of his career, he scored 10. Damn. So what are we relying on? Let me ask y'all a question because I was talking to RJ about this. 
is it me or does it seem like his contested catches aren't really happening through the first three games? Because that's kind of his calling card to like go up, get it, moss you kind of thing. But he's not really doing that. I don't know if it's Daniel Jones's throws being a little bit off, but is, it, is that just me or? But it it feels like Jones throws those balls. He throws them to Darius Slayton all the time. It feels like he just doesn't throw them to Galladay, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, we're not seeing the, hey, man, like, you're like, you know, when I watched Kenny Galladay in 2019, I was like, that's baby Des. Like, he does baby Des stuff with how physical he yeah, is yeah, and how he point. can use his size. Oh, yeah. and, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, baby Des. Not really Pete open. Des, yeah, not right. really open, but open. Peak Des was, a, was an animal. I, it's baby Des. Okay. So no one get mad at me on Twitter because I, I get it. He's not Des Bryant. <laughs> But like, you know, he's not getting those opportunities now. And that's the thing with Stafford. That's why Stafford is so good for receivers. He's just like, fuck it. Like, go get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's that type. So, yes, I agree with you for sure. Sean, are you seeing the same thing? <laughs> I mean, like you could argue the yards are there. You've got, what, 186, 190 yards in three games. Like, you can argue it's there. It's just, you know, I, I made fun of TJ, but, you know, what's missing is it's not the 75 yards part. It's the touchdown part. It's the touchdown. And I, I faded Holiday everywhere. So I, I threw this one out there. I thought, that you, I, thought, I thought you were going to just smash that one out of the park. But let, let's skip to the next Ian, one. Did you, did you fade Galladay? Oh, did everyone. everyone in here fade Galladay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ian, Ian famously okay. said, fade <laughs> okay. every giant. It doesn't matter what, they, what position, what they do. Fade every giant. But I didn't even want Barkley. That was the only guy on def- in a defensive league in Dynasty. He said Blake Martinez, obviously, is a, is a different animal. So, uh, RJ. Get healthy, Blake. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Oh, man. That's my guy. Um, Sorry, bro. So, Jonathan Taylor. I'm not panicking. Um, and, and the only reason I'm not panicking for him. So, I, I put him at, like, a three, three, four, maybe. That's the only reason I say that is because Jonathan Taylor is he is very very good, and the biggest problem with Jonathan Taylor is not Jonathan Taylor; it's just like the shit show of the Colts, everything that's going on right now. I mean, when I I remember watching Week One and Jonathan Taylor was out there, and he was just like running over people, dodging people. He didn't even have like fantasy wise a great game that week, but he just looked really really fucking good. And I don't know. I feel like the Colts are still trying to find their identity of some sort. I don't think he has a bad year the entire time. But what I'll say in terms of why I'm not panicking is I look at the rest of the running backs in the first round or all the other running backs who are being drafted around Jonathan Taylor. I mean, outside of like CMC, which there's even an argument there because he's dead right now, is, I mean, what else is everybody else doing? I mean, Dalvin Cook was exploding for – Crazy fancy points. Guess what? He didn't play last week. Derrick Henry's running back one. Yeah, well, no, but, but the Jonathan Taylor, he was in and around the Najee Harris, the yeah. eight, eight, uh, nine. Yeah, the Najee yeah. Harris, the Montgomery's, the Gibson's, Eckler. the Ecklers. He's in Eckler's. that. Range. Now, Eckler, Eckler is destroying shit, but I mean, I don't know. I, w- I would be patient on Jonathan Taylor. If you tried to trade yeah. him right now, I don't even know what the hell you're it's doing. It's not worth it. I agree with you. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, I probably. Just, I would just stay patient. Would you trade Calvin? Would you trade Calvin Ridley right now for Jonathan Taylor straight up in that league? In the league that you're starting the backup in Las Vegas? I God man, that's 
That, that's, that's an tough. odd question. And I really, surprisingly, I would probably hold on to Calvin Ooh. randomly. And I don't even yeah, like that so I'm too. saying that. With the depth you have at wide receiver so on that team, you're going to hold and play Kenyon Drake every week? I would rather trade A.J. Brown for him. Well, yeah, but that wasn't the question. Well, I mean, yeah, if somebody wanted to give me Jonathan Taylor on that team just because my other running back right now is Kenyon Drake, like James Conner and Damian Harris, yeah, I, I would trade him for Jonathan Oh, you got Damian Harris. Okay, you got some. All right. I, 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 would trade, I would trade him for Jonathan Taylor just because I've got Odell and a bunch of other people on my bench. Right. Yeah, Clay, you got some guys. Ian, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I, I got to disagree here. I think that part of my issue with Jonathan Taylor is that he may be more Josh Jacobs than he is Todd Gurley, right? Like when we were talking, you know, you're in rookie drafts last year and Jonathan Taylor's number one, basically probably across the board, unless someone in the league is stupid and went CH, you know, like Taylor was the guy, you know? And I think if, if Taylor's the guy, I, I think, you know, you kind of got to be a little bit concerned. I think part of the Taylor's problem right now is he's not getting in the end zone. He's getting the touches that's going to come. But I think we what we need to understand was that Taylor last year, as a rookie, to be fair, was very average, right? Maybe even below average. And then he went on a stretch versus Houston, versus Vegas, Houston, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville. Sorry, and he RJ. went bana- and he went bananas in those games, with the exception of Pittsburgh, which is the only good defense to that group he struggled in. So. Taylor, to me, was always like a volume guy. Hines is going to have a role, but Taylor's going to be a volume guy. He's getting the volume. I'm just not seeing the return of that volume right now. TJ, how much of that do you attribute to the corpse of Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz in the development of Jonathan Taylor? Um, So for Jonathan Taylor, I think that, yeah, the beginning of the year last year started slow, right? But you got to when on rookies, sometimes I think you got to look back at their college profile and he's one of the best running back prospects ever, ever. Like he, he damn near broke rushing records. He came out and ran what high four threes at like 220, 30 pounds. Um, he did play bad defense at the end of last year, but my thing that I think is going to limit his upside is the fact that, he's not going to catch as many passes as you like. And if you don't catch passes, then you're going to have to be a really efficient runner. And on the Colts right now, as they are, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm a Very little fair. bit more panicked. And I'm and I'm a huge Jonathan Taylor guy, but I'm a little bit more panicked. I'm probably like a six or seven. Now, the only thing that we have to keep in mind is that they are in the AFC South. He does play right. against the shit Texans. He does play against the shit Jags. And he does play against the shit defense of the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean, that's five weeks where he could have very, very, very solid, like, win you the week type games. And I think that's a really good point because a lot of times when we talk football and we're trying to talk fantasy football, a lot of times what can creep into your head is real football. So winning football games, which is not the same thing as winning a fantasy week, which I think that that RJ is is a really good point there, right? So, you know what? The only thing that I would say with Jonathan Taylor is – I think Naheem Hines cuts into his stuff a lot. I think the most promising thing about him... Because Hines is good. He is good. And I think the most promising thing about week one with Jonathan Taylor was that he had six catches for 60 yards. I think that was where it was like, oh, now we have a three down back. Since then, one catch for eight yards, two catches for 12 yards. Not not moving the needle. But um, but you know what? I am... I'm less than a five. I'm at a four. Second year running back, again... 
hasn't had the greatest uh, quarterbacks. I, you know, they have, they have a great offensive line when healthy, but it's just not yeah, been, it's been healthy heard this of it. year. Yeah, it's Fair. not been healthy this year. So I, I would say that. So let's let's push on to the next topic, and this one again, we're going to throw out some names for you guys. It's called buy or sell. We do this a lot. Either you're buying their stock right now, and if you have an opportunity to go get them as a fantasy owner, go and try and get them right now because their stock may be lower than anticipated, or if you have them, sell now, sell high. So we're going to start with the buy or sell. We are going to start with a fan favorite of the show, TJ, David Montgomery. Are you buying or selling David Montgomery in the 2021-2022 fantasy football season? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm absolutely selling David Montgomery. I will say, though, first week versus the Rams, he looked electric. Sure He did. looked electric. But now, I mean, like, the Bears look like the Giants. Like, I can't I can't actively go buy anyone on that offense right now. He catches, he catches some passes. So, I mean, it, there should be some kind of a floor there. But is it really a floor with as bad as that offense looked? Like, I mean, they put up 60 yards last week. And I, to, I mean, I don't, even if David Montgomery's better than I thought, I don't think he's a transcendent player. Like, I mean, like, Saquon isn't killing it on the Giants. Like, you know, I mean, it's only so much a running back going to do on a shit offense anyway, unless they're catching a ton of passes. So, I mean, I'm still selling David Montgomery. I know Ian's going to come back at me on this one. Are you buying? No, I think you're absolutely right. I think for you to go buy anyone on this on this offense, you're out of your fucking mind. The one thing I will say is if, like, <laughs> if you can go get Allen Robinson for Rondale Moore, like, am I going to gamble on that? Well, yeah, I am, right? Like, I might as well have a look. And then, you know, Rondale Moore's like, I'm talking like waiver fodder. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to be on a team, and then Rondale won't touch the ball for three weeks, then he'll get dropped. Like, that's the type of player. So if you go get Montgomery for, like, a guy like that, sure. But if you're going out and spending mid-round capital on it, I'm just not sure that's the best place for you to be spending right now. So I'm in agreement. I do love Darnell Mooney, though. Kind of want to buy him. But the only reason why you could potentially buy right now is the Matt Nagy is out after they lose to the Lions this week. Then it all gets interesting. RJ, are you buying or selling Najee Harris right now? Oh, absolutely buying. I don't care how bad the Steelers are. He So the biggest thing, like, me and TJ always talk about running backs is what is, like, the percent that they are on the field? He, I think, right now is leading all running backs in terms of, like, percentage of him being on the field. And Big Ben sucks, so he just wants to check it down. I mean, that's why Juju got 19 targets. Yeah, I mean, that's absurd. The only TJ was telling me on our podcast, the only other running back with more targets passing wise was Alvin Kamara at 20. That's absurd. Ever. Ever? Ever. Ever. 19 receiving targets as a running back. Wow. I would have like thrown like a Chris Thompson from Washington like four years ago in there potentially. Yeah, but he probably he probably was but, up there. But that Wow. And you got to think he's going to get the volume regardless. I don't even, I don't even, I'm so high on how much like percentage of the, like how many touches Najee is getting. I don't even think anybody in their right mind would sell him. Do you sell him? He's coming off a 29 point game. I mean, 
if you think so, the thing about the Steelers right now, they're playing terrible fucking football right now. <laughs> like, yep. they are. They somehow beat the Bills week yeah, one. They somehow beat the Bills week one. But they that was even a shit game. They are playing probably the worst football of any team that you would have been like, hey, this is a playoff team. So you could it can't get any worse than it's already gotten. They I mean, just lost to a team who is getting shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Like that's what we're talking about right now. And the Jags are back in the red zone. Ian, are you selling Najee too? Or sorry, are you buying Najee? My apologies. Are you buying Najee as well? In redraft, I'm buying. In Dynasty, I'm a little concerned, right? I think the rushing efficiency has obviously been a problem. Now, if if he is getting the Christian McCaffrey treatment where he's just getting peppered all the time with the football in the passing game, that doesn't matter, right? You know, Ryan Colville, our guest last week, brought up a good point that McCaffrey actually hasn't been a good running back, strictly a running back in a while, but because he gets peppered in other places, it makes up for it. But so in redraft, yes, I'm buying Harris, of course. But in Dynasty, I'm concerned, right? Like the the efficiency there. And, and this roster is a disaster. It you know, as, as RJ said, it is it is a fucking disaster. And where is it going? Where are we going? Right. With Dwayne Haskins next year, Mason Rudolph or whoever, it, I'm sorry, that situation is not getting better. So unless they fix the offensive line overnight, unless they are able to get a quarterback in overnight. I'm, unless they're able to magically make their defense be elite again overnight, I just don't see it. So, like in Dynasty, Andy's already like 24. I'm a little concerned in Dynasty, but redraft, hammer, hammer. I, think I was going to say it, it doesn't help that he's 33 years old. So, you know, when it comes to football for running backs, yeah. like this guy's already past his prime. Uh, TJ, Josh Jacobs. Are you buying or selling Josh Jacobs? Completely selling. I'm selling everywhere. I don't want him in dynasty. I don't want him in dynasty. Uh, I wasn't a huge Josh Jacobs guy. Him coming out the draft, he had like two and a half carries at Alabama. I didn't get it. He looked pretty good on whatever carries he had, but I mean, always banged up. Uh, a lot of his value is tied up in just pure volume, which is kind of a risky thing to build your fantasy scoring on on just pure volume. Not really that efficient of a runner. Yeah. He's not really that efficient of a runner. Um, he catches a little bit of passes because he used to be out there all the time, but I'm selling him out. I don't want him in redraft either. You know he's going to come in, get injured again this next week, and go back out probably. I'm good. Well, you have you have Kenyon, RJ, so why don't you jump in on Josh Jacobs? Oh, yeah. I So I had, I had Josh Jacobs in Dynasty last year, and – I, I pulled a little switcheroo and I traded him. <laughs> One of my boys, I traded him for like essentially the number three pick in the, or number three pick in the draft and some other shit. Cause I guess he was high on Josh Jacobs. I don't know, but I, so I had a panic with Josh Jacobs one. Cause I dealt with the whole like questionable every single week last year deal. But then when the Raiders, which I don't know how it's working in terms of them winning games, but regardless, the Raiders pretty much swapping out their entire offensive line. I had concerns for Josh Jacobs this year anyway. So I was like, let me get rid of him. And I, the funny part about him is every single league, I felt like I was staring him in the eyes when he came back around and redraft. Like I could have taken him probably in every single league I was in. And I absolutely did not. He was this year. He was like Antonio Brown was like that for me. 
where it's like you kept circling and you're like Antonio Brown's still there. It's like, do I trust it? Yeah, Jacobs is similar. I agree. I, I don't know how you could look at anything with Jacobs and be what, what, what is his elite skill? <laughs> right. Like at the end of the day, right. That's our problem with Montgomery. Right. Th- that's our problem with some yeah. of these guys. What's yeah. the elite skill? There isn't one. There isn't well, one. Did, and, any, did anyone have him last year? Did you have him last year to redraft anybody? I've never had him. He always no, went too high for me. Dynasty. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say like, how did it feel? Cause I didn't, it, it didn't feel great. Never. Yeah, I mean, he had like, like some weeks. It didn't, I mean, <laughs> it didn't feel good. <laughs> actually, in re, from a redraft standpoint last year, there were some weeks he could have won you. I'm pretty sure he had a couple 20-pointers, like one or two 30-pointers. But it like it was so ugly. It'd be on like 30 carries. Yeah, well, and, and touchdowns. Clearly. It was Trent Richardson-ish. Well, and clearly yeah. the, the Raiders didn't believe in him either. They bring in yeah, Kenyon they, Drake. They brought in Kenyon right? to be this, this exactly. player. When J- Josh Jacobs is supposed to be your every down back. Here's all that matters. He is getting out-targeted by Peyton Barber. Done. Argument over, discussion over. Peyton so, Barber, he's losing snaps to Peyton Barber. What the fuck are we doing? Sell, sell Josh Jacobs. Sell Josh Jacobs. So let's go around the horn on the last one. Because I think the last one's going to be a little bit polarizing, or at least I hope it is. Ian, I'm going to throw to you first, actually. Buy or sell Kyle Pitts? So what am I expecting Kyle Pitts to be? Right? Like, I think if I came into the season expecting he's going to be in the in the Kelsey, Waller, Hawkinson, Kittle, who struggled, group. No, but he was but yeah, expected to be in that yeah, tight I'm end selling. five range. Tight end five to range. Me, to me, to me, if he was there as like a seven, eight guy, I like it in the Logan Thomas area. The thing with Pitts is that the thing that was going to save Pitts is, was always going to be volume, right? Like they have to throw the ball to somebody other than Calvin Ridley at some point. It just happens that person is Zacchaeus or whatever the fuck that guy's name Don't is. disrespect Russell Gage. Is, was he even on the field last week? No, he wasn't, I, but still don't he wasn't. disrespect okay. him. I, I was going to say, I didn't sure. see him. I didn't notice him. So... I still want to wait and see, right? Like you watch Kyle Pitts, you're like, wow, right? He does still jump off. He's just not getting the points. I I want to hold out for a little while longer. TJ, you buying or selling? I'm buying Kyle Pitts. I mean, I think that one, tight end's a wasteland, right? Like you got Kelsey Waller, probably Hawk, Mark Andrews. And then I think like I'd probably put Kyle Pitts or Kittle. Yeah, Kittle. And then so I probably have Kyle Pitts finishing still like tight end five or six I think what happened was I think the ADP kind of jumped the shark completely and like leagues I were in with people that are pretty good people I saw them go third round and I think that's where I got to draw the line that's ridiculous yeah that's but I mean I think I think that I think that the upside's still there I mean when in week two he had a catch he reached behind him and took off for 30 yards like he can play but I think that people – well, I don't really know what people were expecting. Like, he was never going to go for 1,200, but shit, 806 TDs as a tight end puts you probably, like, what, tight end five or six? If not higher. Like, I mean – Yeah, if not yeah, higher. Yeah, you know. <laughs> to quote RJ, people who draft Kyle Pitts in the third round are fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> would you like to hear the top six tight ends through yeah, three like, weeks? If someone tra- said to you, I'll give you Tyler Higby for Kyle Pitts, do you do it? No. Absolutely. 
No. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> see, see, that's absolutely. why I asked the question. See, I wouldn't. No, and, like, you're, hold up. You're receiving Kyle Pitts, right? Yeah. No, if you have Kyle yeah. Pitts and someone calls you and they say, I have Tyler Higby, why don't we swap them? You say no. no, right? I say no. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I had it reversed. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah, so we're all we're all in agreement there. Did you want to hear the top six tight ends right now? Yeah. Top six tight ends are Travis Kelsey is one, obviously. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski two. Yeah. T.J. Wow. Hawkinson three. Darren Waller four. Four. Dalton Schultz five, and Dawson Knox six. Love yeah. Dawson Knox. Okay. So Pitts is tight end eighteen. You have to buy because. Yeah. He's he's What's not getting he's not getting fucking worse than this. So yeah, you're right. He, so, very fair. So what are we talking? So what? He's a bench tight end at this point. It, yeah, uh, no. Basically, an undraftable player. Like no, because how many people carry two tight ends on their team? You know, people who, people who yeah, you know, people that are fucking stupid, right? Sorry so, if you guys do. You guys carry two tight ends. We should have asked. No, I don't. No, I don't carry. I, I, t- I only carry I t- one tight end, quarterback, and defense. Well, understandable. The, the only reason in the league that I'm in, it's weird. There's two flex spots, but in one of them, it's wide receiver tight end. So there is a guy who has like Waller and Kelsey because you want it to be all fancy. RJ, <laughs> 15 seconds on Kyle Pitts. Buy or sell before we move on to the final segment. Absolutely buying. I like Kyle Pitts. He's a baller. Um, I think at the end of the day. So what you want out of, and this goes to Calvin Ridley as well. What you want out of the Falcons is you want them to get blown the ever living fuck out so that they're not running the ball. Cordero Patterson's not getting all this damn love. Cordero and they're literally Patterson. dropping back and they're throwing to Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley the entire game. That's what you want. Like, that, that's, all, that's what you dream for with the Falcons. That's what you dream for last year when they sucked. That's what you dream for the year before that when they sucked and every other year when they sucked. But that, it hasn't and, happened yet. So, I mean, we'll see. And that's I mean, what you won- dream for as a Kyle Pitts or Calvin Ridley owner. Yes, yeah. we know you are one of them. Let's get to the picks. We want to fly through these. We do these every week. We do six games. You're muted. I know. I, I'm so excited about this. We can't. We we cannot start picks until we. You mentioned Cordell Patterson. You talk about pleasant surprises. My God. Yes. It took a decade to figure out how to use this guy. Finally. Finally. The other one that has to. They ha- we have to shout out. How have we talked so much about the Raiders and not mentioned Derek Carr? That guy, man. That their guy, car, their car is a real pro, man. He is. He is a real pro. That is a guy that you can send out every single week in the Stafford mold, like the Lions Stafford mold, where like yeah. he's just going to ball and take punishment and do his best. Well, yeah. uh, Derek is balling. I hate to end the Derek Carr is like he's the most wholesome guy alive and he's doing great to follow up with one of the guys on my list for pleasant surprises with Kirk Cousins. Because he's Ugh. a piece of shit, and his dad is an even bigger loser. But uh, you know what? We'll we'll just keep we'll just keep going from there. Yeah, fuck uh, you, Mister Cousins. Yeah, he's preacher. Let's get to the picks. Uh, the Texans, RJ's Texans, are at the Bills. The Bills are favored by sixteen and a half. RJ, are you taking the points? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I don't bet spreads like that in the NFL, so no, I'm not taking the points. Are you picking but, the points? Yeah. I, I if if you were the crazy thing about it. I don't have any faith in my team because Davis Mills is a starting quarterback going up to Buffalo. If you look at the Panthers game at home with NRG, final score is 24 to nine. Some would make the argument that was Davis Mills' first start, blah, 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 whatever. Panthers are, I'm not sold on them yet. They played a bunch of shit teams the first three games. I think going up to Buffalo, they're going to blow us the ever living fuck out. 
if you're the person that likes to bet on spreads that are this large, then sure, take the points for Buffalo. Um, otherwise, I would absolutely fade it only because it's 16 and a half. It's 16 and a half. I don't say anything more. If you're picking the game, you take 16 and a half points because to beat any team yeah. in the NFL by 16 and a half points is hard enough as it is. And I'm also taking it because it, his neck is fantastic. He's like he's literally a giraffe. <laughs> I love it. I'm taking 16 and a half points because his, his neck gives me three points before the game even starts. TJ, are you taking the 16 and a half points or are you going to take the bills? If I had to bet it, I'd take the bills. I mean, because that's saying that, that basically the, in theory, the Texans would, the Texans only got to lose by 14 to, to win. That would be my like practical way of looking at it. And I don't think the Texans are going to lose by 14. I actually thought this game was at Houston. At Bills, I don't. I think the yeah. Texans are going to get their doors blown off. Okay, so hold on. So just to be clear, because you actually have to pick the games. We keep track yeah. of this shit. So yeah, no, you're taking bills. the Bills. I think RJ, I'm yeah, taking exactly. Bills too. Okay, I'm, no, I'm taking Bills. All right, I'm taking Ian? Bills minus sixteen and a half. Can the Texans even score seventeen points? Right, like probably not. Probably not. So the first, the first uh, three weeks of the season. Um, Bills have scored 16, 35, and 43. So, A, you're not catching them at the best time, yeah. is what I would say, if I'm being completely honest. The, B is, again, if, if the Bills are in the range of 35 points, that means Houston needs to score 17. And 35 is, like, slightly above average right now. And the only reason it's like that is because they were horrible against Pittsburgh. So – do I have faith that they can score 17 points? I don't. So it, by that logic, it just has to be the Bills. Yeah. Yeah, but Davis Mills' neck. It's a fucking beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, uh, so you guys are all on the Bills. I'm taking the Texans. Jesus Christ. I will say this, though. Houston does cover. They've covered four of the, you know, four of the last six. They're four and they one on the hard. road. Yeah, they, but they're pesky. They're pesky. Tyrod I know it's your team. I trust you more. Tyrod. It was Tyrod. Well, speaking of another terrible team. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are visiting the New York Jets. The maybe Jets, two terrible teams. Maybe. The Titans are favored by seven points on the road without their two best wide receivers. So we don't think Julio's playing either. TJ, who you got? I mean, the, the Titans defense is far from the Broncos, but the Jets didn't score a point last week. That just didn't happen. I mean, I got I to still take the Titans, man. I don't, I don't. I don't think the Jets are losing by under a touchdown. I think the Jets are by far the worst team in the league. I mean, they could just go out there. The Jets' best attribute is their run defense. But they could go out there and give it to Derrick Henry 50 times. And, I mean, I, that would beat the Jets. I mean, is Zach Wilson going to turn it on right now? I like Zach Wilson. He looks completely lost. I got Titans. Ian, who you got? It's the same argument that we just had. The Jets literally have not scored a touchdown since week one. So do I feel like the Jets can score seven points? Can they score 10 points? Right? Like, I'm not sure they can even do that. So, again, the logic suggests that unless we get a Corey Davis revenge game, right? Unless something goes crazy, unless we get a Corey Davis revenge game, I don't see a scenario where they can score seven to 10 points. Because you have to think, right? Like, chances are 
Tannehill does one where he runs one in and makes Derrick Henry owners like me mad. Then chances are there's one where he throws it to Ferkser or some random receiver that we've legit never heard of. Yeah. And that Derrick probably runs one in. So what are we talking about? We're talking 21. Can, Can they score 14? I don't think the Jets can score 14 points. I don't care what defense they're playing. Forget about forget about 14. You guys have mentioned the points. Uh, that's all I wrote down. The Jets are averaging six points a week through three weeks. That has to be a record. It just it just has to be. Yeah, it has to be. It, that is. Are you guys are you guys panicked ridiculous. on on Zach Wilson here? No, I think it's a situation. But the only thing is. It, the whole the, this this is real quick and wrap that whole jet situation up. They should have kept Sam Darnold. They should have built around Sam Darnold. Got him an O line. Done all those things. They fucked up by taking the exact same type of quarterback. Like I, me and TJ talked about this day in and day out. If they were to take a quarterback, they should have taken Justin Fields because he was different than what you already had, and he's the type of person that hey, if you have a shit O line that he can scramble for 50 to 70 yards a game because guess what? He can run the ball. Zach Wilson's out there running for his fucking life, <laughs> having to make Patrick Mahomes-esque type throws just for us to be like, oh, ah. No, they're getting their asses beat week in and week out because it's the exact same thing. Like, it's almost like deja vu watching Zach Wilson roll out over his back shoulder. Remember those throws that Sam Darnold was making last year, rolling over back shoulder, hitting Braxton Berrios, coming across the field? It's the exact same thing. They're fucked. They, they, they should have never done that. A lot of great throws in OTAs. That's what Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold have in common. So I'm assuming you're taking the Titans. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking the Titans. They will run the ball. If, if A.J. Brown and Julio do indeed miss the entire game, or even if they do play, they're just going to run the ball with Derrick Henry 50 times, make him make his money, and they're going to beat – the they'll beat the Jets. I even give the Jets a fucking touchdown because the Titans defense sucks. They'll beat the Jets like 17 to 7, wow. 21 to 7, somewhere in that range. Taking the under. I will say this though. I mean little stat. Who who who's not taking the under? The the well, over shouldn't even be allowed to be bet. Well, no, but the, 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 the over under should on, legit be on, 20. Hold on, hold on. What's the over under in this? Like low 40s? Uh, my guess is it's 41 and a half. I can tell you that right now. And as I'm looking it up, I'm going to tell you this one stat, boys. Who's scoring 40 points? The Tennessee Titans in their last <laughs> in their last 11 games against the New York Jets are 2 and 9. 2 wow. and 9 in so, their last 11 against the New York Jets. The over under is 44 and a half. So, so if we're talking over under, Sean. That if it's 2 and 9 if let's say we're going to take that record thing and we're going to say, okay, that matters, right? And maybe it then, does. Then the, it's, it's a then lock. The under's under. a fucking it's mortal a lock. lock because how many points are the Jets scoring? Come yeah, on. You're, you're, on, on you're honestly better to probably tease the Jets and the under and get that to like 14 plus 14 for the Jets and 51 and a half. Uh, yeah, that no, might be honestly, the play. Honestly, that, that would be the bet, the teaser right there. Let's go to the next one. Uh, a game. I'm just going to go first. Like I, the Washington Football Club is it's it's Washington Football Club or Washington Football Team. Team. Whatever. The yeah. the Washingtons. They're at the Falcons. The Falcons are plus one and a half. I hate this game. The trends hate this game. Both of these teams can't cover. They can't win. They suck on the road. They suck at home. This this sucks. I hate both teams, so give me the points at home. RJ, what do you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll always take the home dog every single time. Except for the Jets. 
Yeah, except for the Jets because they that, that they <laughs> and, and I mean they're playing a team that at least has a functional quarterback. Yeah, I mean this game is just a weird. I would absolutely never bet this game, but I think I'm rolling with y'all. And like, I'll take I'll take the points at home plus one and a half. Um, Washington's Washington's vaunted D line hasn't done a whole lot. Yes, I mean, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. That would be the only thing that would if they were just all over Matt Ryan, but. I mean, it's Taylor Heineke on the road. Like, are you really going to take Taylor Heineke minus one and a half I would at bet, all? I would bet my life that my brother is about to take the Washington football team on the road, and I'd like to hear why he's taking them. Without question. Without question, I'm taking Washington. <laughs> you know what? I mean, this might as well be a pick right? Like, so what's the argument for the Falcons? Well, the argument for the Falcons is that Arthur Smith gets the offensive line and they get going and they score points and they score big. Right. That's the argument for which I, I wouldn't say is impossible. I think it's definitely possible. But what do we talk about when we talk about Matt Ryan and that offense? We talk about how shit that line is and how bad Matt Ryan is. So even if this defensive line, the defensive line in particular, has not lived up to the bananas expectations, right? We were hearing, you know, 85 Bears and all that other, and, you know, the Lawrence Taylors, like all that stuff, right? So even if they haven't lived up to those expectations, like they're going to be able to carve away at this line, right? I mean, Jonathan Allen, you know, a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football was whipping people around. So individually, we've seen it from Montez Sweat. We've seen it around. We just haven't had the game where that line has like, I don't know, 12 sacks or some absurd number. I kind of like it for this game. And look, like we talked about Matt Ryan, he may be cooked, but Matt Ryan's averaging 2.4 yards per air attempt. 2.4. I'm sorry. Really? That's not winning. Yeah, that's not winning. That's terrible. That is atrocious. Wait, 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 wait. That's a real stat? As per Bleach Report, yes. Whoa. So Yeah, that doesn't even seem real. How is that possible? Is he throwing backwards 50% of the time? (laughs) What? Ready? Here's the paragraph. Washington's talented defense obviously hasn't been itself this season, but there's no way that unit will remain off its game for long, and a trip to Atlanta could just be what the doctor ordered. The lifeless Falcons barely got past the New York Giants last week, and they were hammered by the lowly Eagles in their home opener. Matt Ryan is averaging a measly 2.4 air yards per attempt, so that D should have a field day in an easy victory. Now, Bleach report. It's only fucking thing- printed. The only thing that I will say, which is, um, which is interesting, and this is I don't bet like this, but if you look at last week, Falcons took out the Giants on the road, beat them by three points, and and, and I want to completely preface this by saying I do not bet like this. Then you go to week two, where the Washington Football Team at home beat the Giants by one. In theory, it's not it's not absurd to say that the Falcons are going to beat the Washington football team at home. I agree. It's not, and you're getting the point and a half. And this is the same yeah. Atlanta Falcons who, by the way, they always start slow. They're atrocious to start. And then they they do the Roy, Rory McIlroy. I don't know if you guys are golf fans, but he's one of those guys who goes into a major, ends yeah. up being like, uh, you know, T24 going into the final day and shoots like a 61 and finishes T3. That's his thing. That's the Falcons as well. So who is what, who is the worst team in the league according to DVOA? I actually know this, so I'm not going to answer. Uh, is it not the Jets? Is it not the Jets? It's not. There's no way it's the Falcons. It is the Falcons. What? 
The Jets' defense actually carries them. They're, I understand. They're third they, last. I understand. I'm throwing truth bombs at you. I know. But this I is it. what we're talking about. And they did. This is what we're talking about. They took a tight end. Now, to be fair, <laughs> wait, wait. The, to be fair, nah. the, the football team is 23rd. So it's not like nah, you know, I understand man. that. Sure, we're talking about a point and a half. Can Dustin Hopkins kick a field goal at the end of the game and win it, and they walk off, and we yes, don't they talk can. About it anymore? But you know yes, what? We all took the fucking Falcons. RJ, TJ, Washington, you guys goddamn you lock. No, I'm I'm sticking with the Falcons. I'm sticking with the Falcons too because this. I agree. I'm sticking with the Falcons. You know what? The I'm gonna be, one, the I'm one one be a coward and change. I ain't gonna. Cow- <laughs> I got. I got to change. I ain't gonna lie. I got, I got, what you mean? He's throwing for two point four yards. The pass. The only man. reason why I would, nah, the only reason why I'm not gonna change is because the Washington football teams. D line is not living up to the hype this year. That's the only reason I'm not changing. And I'm not changing it as well because I think the quarterback so, situation is atrocious. No, we got to go. We got to go. No, no, I agree. I agree. I just want to respond to RJ real quick. I completely agree with you. We overhyped this thing. But you know how we talk about with like great fantasy players where you're like, I love this bounce back game. So, yeah. like, you know, if you play, you know, you play three elite defenses, then you're like, oh, thank God. You know, we got the Raiders coming up or something yeah. like that. You're like, I love that get right matchup. Yeah. So why do we say that about, you know, Najee Harris or Dalvin Cook or whoever? Do it, RJ. Change your pick. And not and not about Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron, Deron Payne. Payne, like that group. You know what I mean? Like just as, you know, as fantasy running backs are okay for a bounce back because it's a get right matchup. I think a defensive line can sort of do the same thing. Not although, that they haven't although, had the although 2.4 yards per air throw does mean he's getting it out quickly and that line ain't doing shit against the against the quick throw so let's move on rj you changing your pick you good no fuck no all right let's do it let's go to the next one the game of the week uh no it's not my apologies the next one was game of the week uh cardinals at the rams the rams are at home favored by four and a half i know on our sheet uh rj i said five it's four and a half tj let's hammer these last three out quickly cardinals or rams uh, Cardinals never beat us. I think that the Cardinals have gaping holes in their pass defense. Uh, I, I'll take the Rams four and a half. That means in the middle of the field goal and touchdown. I think I think I think we win comfortably. I think the the Cardinals are frauds. They should have lost week two. <laughs> they they were literally making the Jags look competent for three quarters last week. Yep. Uh, I am also taking the Rams four and a half. There's it's not like they just. I know they just won their Super Bowl last week beating the Bucks. Yeah, I'm still I'm still taking the Rams. Uh, RJ, where are you at? I'm taking the Rams. Um, Kyler Murray is probably going to throw for at least one or two interceptions. I mean, he's still going to have three or four touchdowns, but it doesn't matter. The 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 Rams are just going to outscore them and kind of it's kind of it's kind of going to be like a slow bleeder the entire game. It's like Rams score, Cardinals don't. Rams score, Cardinals score, Rams score. <laughs> like it's it's just going to be a it's going to be a difference in tier teams. That that's all I can say. Ian, why are you going to the Cardinals? <laughs> I'm not. I, I think Ian. at five, oh, okay. at five, I was taking the Rams, right? At four and a half, I'm definitely taking the Rams. And I think, you know, both are top four teams in DVOA. They deserve it, right? That's all fine, well, and good. But, you know, last year we'd be like, okay, Arizona's Arizona's offense versus the Rams defense. Cool. This would be fun. But now we're talking about, okay, Arizona's offense versus the Rams defense and offense. Right. So, you know, the Rams can just flat out score with Arizona. So what am I scared of? Rams. The return. RJ, the Bucks are visiting the Patriots. The Patriots and Bill Belichick are getting seven points at home in primetime on Sunday night. Where are you at with this game? 
So Pats are plus seven and a half. They're plus seven. Plus seven. I mean, I'm going Bucks. Um, the only thing I would be weary in this game is just keeping up with the status of Brady and how sick he is. Um, I don't think it's going to stop him from playing in this game at all. Yeah. What, wait, what was that? I heard him talk today. <laughs> yeah. Unless it ends up being like COVID. Um, I legit thought that it was an actor. I, it yeah. didn't even look like him. I, I or I, I mean, Brady's not one for the antics and like the narratives in terms of like Le- LeBron esque narratives. Um, but it would be fucking hilarious if Brady's like putting on this like <laughs> this flu game type stuff just so he can go out here and blow the doors off the Pats, especially with him confirming all those reports about Bill Belichick not meeting up with him to say bye and all that stuff. I mean, which is a complete hoe move. Like I, I, I've become less favored of Belichick as the years have come on, just like with everything coming out, which I was really high on him before when him and Brady were together. But I got I got to go Brady just off the simple fact that the Pats suck. I, I am with you. I do think the Pats suck. I think that their defensive uh, additions in the offseason are completely overrated. Yep. I think their quarterback is atrocious. And TJ, I have a question for you as I ask for your pick. Do you think Brady heard the anointing of Mac Jones being the next Tom Brady noise? Because I do. I think he definitely did. I think Tom Brady definitely did. Um, but on my pick, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm a, I think the Pats will lose by less than seven. Mm. I don't think they'll win the game. But I think they could lose by less than seven. I think that McDaniels might drop something to attack uh, the cornerback that the Bucks have. Because, they, I mean, they just signed Richard Sherman, but he's off the street. So, right. Um, I mean, they don't – uh, what's his name? Sean Murphy Bunning was hurt the first game. Uh, Some Whatever Davis, Deontay Davis. Carlton Davis is still out there, but Jam- Jamel Dean, I think, I think he might have got really hurt. So yeah. I don't think Bunting's I don't playing. Know. I, I, I think like Benton's on the IR too, like you mentioned. I don't think he's back either. Yeah, I think I think it's either going to be Pat's, I mean, I mean, Bucks covered by like 20 or they win by three. So I'm, yeah. I'm with, I'll take the points on this one. I think that's a good point. Ian, what are you going with? I said this last week, and it ended up being the case. Are we ready to do this with Mac Jones, right? I think the Patriots are <laughs> favorites last week against the Saints. Like, are we ready to do this? And obviously the answer was no, right? I think I think the Mac hate has probably gone a little far. I mean, for what they're asking him to do, which is manage the game, I think he's doing an admirable job, right? I don't think he's blowing the doors off by any means, but he's also not throwing five picks. So, you know, I think it's somewhere in the middle with him. And if you're taking the Patriots, to me, the only reason that you feel like you can take the Patriots is because of that atmosphere in that stadium, right? Like, Gillette's going to be bananas, so how does that look, right? Does that affect how Brady goes? And Or maybe it's the illness, right? I just think Brady coming off a loss where they were clearly the worst team, in a place where he wants to shut everybody up, I think he, I think there's a possibility this gets ugly before it gets close. I got the Bucks. Yeah, I think he, I think he curb stomps them. I, I think too. I think, and I also think when you talk about the atmosphere, I'm sure that they'll forget about it soon enough. But it's going to be an absolute slurp fest for Tom Brady through the first hour of that coverage, not yeah. just on TV but in the stadium. We to saw be it with fair, the, it's we absolutely saw it with the, deserved. Without yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw it with DeMar DeRozan when he returned to Toronto. They were like, we we were in the stadium. They were we were cheering for his buckets. 
Now, as soon as you get to the second half, what happens? You want to win. And we did because we were the better team. It wasn't even close. I don't think, I think the Bucks are by far the better team. I the don't one think this thing is that's, close. The one thing that slept on though, that was Tom Brady obviously was missing in the Rams game. Antonio Brown comes back this week, which I heard, yeah. I heard uh, Ian throw a little shade towards Antonio Brown, putting him in the same conversation as some bum that we were talking about earlier. But Antonio Brown, every single time I saw him in drafts this year, I took him where I could because he is still yeah. a top five receiver of all time. Yeah. And I yeah. said that a top five receiver of all time. And he essentially had a break from football. And he, that first game against the Cowboys, I mean, that man looked like he was back in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even bullshitting on that. Now we'll see coming off. Hold on. Hold on. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson. Ciao. Antonio Brown's not on that list. Antonio Brown's better than Larry Fitzgerald. I didn't even mention Marvin Harrison. That's fucking Marvin Harrison. Antonio Brown's better than Marvin Harrison. You guys are out of your mind. Larry Fitzgerald was a he, first of all. I have a lot of respect for Larry Fitzgerald, and we're not going to go too so deep. So do I. But he was a product of playing for a long fucking time. If you look at so there was actually something me and TJ were talking about the other day. He saw a tweet saying that Odell Beckham's year when he was like first team All Pro was the greatest season of all time. That was it was like 1,400 yards, like thirteen TDs. That was bullshit. One of the best seasons, if not the best seasons of all time was Julio Jones, like, 1,600 receiving yard year, or it was Antonio Brown's 1,600 receiving yard year. Antonio Brown, people forget just how good Dominant. Antonio Brown was. Dominant. Dominant. No question. I would say this about Larry Fitzgerald. The best quarterback play he had was 11 combined months of Carson Palmer and, and Kurt Warner. So when we're talking about Antonio Brown, he had a walk into the Hall of Fame backwards, Ben Roethlisberger. and that that's all that I'm going to say. I think Antonio Brown is without question mentioning without question in the top 10. I do agree that Larry Fitzgerald is a product of sustainability. You know, I think that that is the LeBron versus MJ argument as well. Yeah, it matters. Is, it, it, matters. it definitely matters. Yeah. Um, I, but I also think that we're arguing over straws. Like if Antonio Brown isn't your fifth best wide receiver of all time, he's what, probably seventh, your eighth. Sixth. Right? So I, I think, I think we can agree on this. Jerry Rice Randy Moss slash Terrell Owens, and then there's the next little tier of people, which combines Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Antonio yeah. Brown. Like, it, I think we can agree on that, which is which is which is completely fair. Uh, let's get to the last one, boys. Uh, Raiders Chargers. Chargers are favored by three and a half. Your sheet said three. It's actually three and a half, and that's why I'm taking the Raiders because that extra half point. This is a field goal game. Is this at? This is Chargers? at the Chargers. The Raiders are 3-0 for the first time since Rich, Rich Gannon in 2002. I love this Chargers team. I truly believe they can win this game. It's a three-point game. Take the extra half point. I'm taking the Raiders. TJ? The Chargers are going to whoop them boys ass. <laughs> what? The Chargers? I, I got the Chargers being like damn near like a Super Bowl caliber team. The Chargers are way better than even most people are thinking. If you look at that roster... Tell me a weakness that the Chargers have on that whole roster. Well, Rashawn Slater being good definitely helps because that shores up that offensive line. Yeah, it does. I I think the Chargers are going to more than cover that three and a half. I do caution you on this, TJ. The Chargers did just win their Super Bowl. They went on the road to KC and won. So I would just caution you on that. That's all. And we're the better team. They were. 
So that, that's, all, that's, that's all I would say. But I, I don't disagree. Again, I think this is one of the. This is the toughest game of the. Don't bet this game, people. Yeah, do not bet this game. Don't bet this. Do game. not bet this game. If you want to bet, right. have fun. Bet the over because only cowards bet unders. But do not bet the spread. So I got it. I got to go with my gut here. So one, I'm taking the Chargers points. The main reason I say that is, as we've all kind of made known here, the Raiders have been the surprise team, right? I feel at some point they have to fall flat on their fucking face. Like they do this some years they do this. I mean, I'll never forget the year the Raiders were like 11 and three or some odd shit and ended up finishing the season like 11 and five came out to Houston and fucking lost in the wild card game. Like I, I was, I'll never be happier, but I'll never forget that. It's just, I still stand by the simple fact that the Raiders switched out their entire O-line. Now, maybe their O-line wasn't good last year. I didn't watch enough Raiders football to tell you that. But it doesn't make sense how they got rid of all that stuff and then flipped. Because you look at the games the Raiders have played this year, right? Week one, they played against a Ravens team, which I'm not high on whatsoever, just being completely honest. Week two, Raiders went out there and played the Steelers, another shit team I'm not high on. And then this past week, the Raiders came out there and played, who was it? Um, the Dolphins, another the shit Dolphins. team. The Dolphins. And gave up 28 points to Jacoby Brissett. If we think QB, do not disrespect Jacoby Brissett on this podcast. QB1, Jacoby Brissett. He is a starter in this league. Tua Tungavailoa can take a seat no. on the fucking bench. No. Out. No. 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 Jacoby Brissett no. is better no, no, than Tua. No, 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 Jacoby no, no, Brissett no, no, is no, no, the best backup in the league. Agreed, which means he's better than Tua. That's right. I'll give you that. You heard it here first. Anyways, we're talking about Justin Herbert, who is, I mean, the way he's playing, this man, and, and considering we've got creep butthole play over here, not playing this year. Herbert's a top five quarterback. With Deshaun Watson not playing this year, because fuck him. J- Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback. We weren't going to bring him up. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely, fuck I him, have to though. mention him on every fuck single Deshaun podcast Watson. I step on. That's butthole play, man. Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback. Probably five, but he's top five. Ian, are you getting a massage before you make this pick, or are you just going to make the pick? <laughs> so here's... Here- <laughs> No team had a bigger upgrade anywhere than the Chargers did at head coach going from Anthony Lynn to Brandon Staley. Not one team. Not one team had a better addition than that. At any position, at any level in the organization. They're good. Mm-hmm. And they're they're really good. I mean, I, I think if we see this game week 10, this spread seven and a half. I just think that's where we're gonna be at. That's that's where I'm at with it. Like I don't I'm I'm betting the charges. In fact, it wasn't on my book that I used to bet them. I, I'm taking that three and a half. Without question. And there's something sort of there's a little bit of an awakening here happening with these Chargers young guys. The thing I am most excited for, though, take put the betting away put the fantasy stuff away, put everything else away. If you are a football fan, you should be locked in on Derwin James, Darren Waller, because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. that's what matters, right? You're talking the best player on his team with Waller and with Derwin, probably one of the three or four best players. But at that position, there is nobody. Derwin James was built in a lab to check guys like Darren Waller. Like, this is what it's all about. Period. 
that's it. If you are a football fan, that's all you want. That's all you need to watch. Derwin Waller. I cannot wait. Chargers, though. Let's do the recap. Uh, the Texans and the Bills. Everyone is on the Bills, but me. I'm on the Texans. We are all on the Titans at the Jets. Uh, we had a cop out from TJ. Him and Ian are on Washington. Uh, RJ and I are on the Falcons. We're all on the Rams. We are all on the Bucks, but TJ took the Pats at home, even though he said the Bucks are going to win. And everyone is on the Chargers but me. So, Blue Boys, it's been a pleasure. Another Ooh, podcast in the always, books. Man. It's another podcast in the books. Make sure you check out RJ and TJ, Blue Bag Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out every week. Get your starts and sits, fades, stashes, buy sells. Get it all. Yep. Check them out. Boys, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having us, man. Hey, man. Y'all have a good one.